It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackbeep. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Our guest, as he is every Friday, the one and only Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Happy Merry Christmas Eve to you, my friend. Happy Merry Christmas Eve to you as well and everyone else out there listening or watching. Yes, what a fun time of the year, which means bowl season for, for a lot of teams. And Auburn is blessed to be able to participate in the Birmingham Bowl, which will be this Tuesday. And it seems like more people are excited about Auburn basketball taking on LSU that night than uh, than Auburn playing Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's one of them is the Birmingham bowl and the other one's going to be a game with two of the best teams in the country. So, uh, and it's not going to be the football game. Have you Although seen Houston is pretty good. I, I do like Houston. Yeah. I, I'm st- I've said this before. I'm still shocked that Auburn is favored in this by two and a half. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of actually picking Houston to win this. So um, I think Auburn's going to have their hand full. Uh, let's talk football oh, yeah. first. Um, Cause both teams are going to have their hands full on Tuesday, but I, I think this Auburn team with the amount of like younger dudes that are going to have to step up, I just think experience is going to be a big part of this. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think the game really comes down to the line of scrimmage. And you can say that for about pretty much any football yeah. game, but this one, it kind of feels even more, you know, pressing to the matchup. Uh, Houston's defensive front is really good at stopping the run and getting into the backfield. Um, sacks and tackles for loss. We know that's, where Auburn struggled offensively this year. Right. And, um, you know, you're not going to have Nate Brahms. You're not going to have Bradarius Ham. It'll be interesting to see who else lines up for Auburn on the offensive front in that game. But we saw this season Texas Tech, their only Power 5 team in Houston played this year, and then Cincinnati, the only ranked team they played this year. Mm-hmm. Both had success running the ball and throwing the ball, moving it on offense against Houston. Houston really, you know, pushed those numbers higher and higher. Uh, against AAC teams that weren't necessarily the cream of the crop uh, offensively. So the question is, is Auburn's offensive line going to look more like an AAC offensive line or more like a power five offensive line, which is what basically Cincinnati has and what Texas tech is. Um, so that that's a big thing. And then on the defensive side, um, this Houston team gives up a ton of sacks. Uh, one of the highest sack rates in the country this, this season, you know what you're going to get out of, um, a Dana Holgerson offense, even mm-hmm. though they do run the ball a little bit more than, than he has in the past. Um, you don't have Roger McCreary, you don't have Jacoby McClain, but you should have the full complement of guys up front. You're coming off a game in the Iron Bowl where that defensive front really puts you in a position to win that game. Can you do that again? And if you can, this might be a lower scoring game that Auburn can hang around in and, and, and potentially win. Yeah, I'm really interested to see... One who starts along the offensive line, you know, yep. Nick Brahms being out, does that does that affect other positions? I don't know, but I I just think this is going to be a tough game for Auburn fans to watch offensively, just because I think there's going to be a lot of frustrating things that could potentially happen. I mean, you got a quarterback that 
you know, hopefully he's healthy with TJ Finley. You know, he suffered yeah. that injury in the Iron Bowl. He toughed it out and almost pulled it out. But um, no center. And then, you know, does Tank have a full workload in this game? Like, that yeah. doesn't seem worth it. You know, so, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions about the offense for me. It would be very interesting to see. And, and, and you're getting a preview of what will most likely be coming next year. Right. Uh, in terms of it being a Brian Harson offense, you know, with input from Eric Kiesel. And then of course, Austin Davis is coming in, you know, after, after the bowl game and, and right. will be the guy in 2022. But this is going to be more of like, this is what Harson wants his offense to run. Like now they ran a Mike, Mike Bobo ran an offense that had, you know, Harson terminology and a lot of that, that DNA, but it was his offensive calls. Now you're going to get Harson more hands-on, and let's see if that what kind of impact that makes. I think that's going to be one of the more fascinating mm-hmm. aspects of this game. Is that you know you you have a head coach who is kind of you know this is a kind of a trial run for what things will look like in 2020. Because when Austin Davis comes in, what you're more 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 than likely looking at is him to be the coordinator of the offense, but not the play caller, and be there to really be the guy to uh, push along in a very interesting quarterback room. Right. Right. What are some young guys in this that you're kind of looking forward to maybe seeing more of? Yeah, I think defensively, uh, the tackles uh, you've heard about uh, Lee Hunter and Marquise sure. Robinson. That one makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense in a game where I think Auburn's going to want to rotate up front and keep that pressure on uh, on Houston. Um, offensively, like everyone's going to point to Demetrius Davis. He is getting second team reps. I don't know if he'll play. Um, but it did sound like from what we talked about with TJ Finley uh, last week that like Auburn is working some younger guys out there and it sounds like they might be part of the game plan. So it'll be interesting. Like, you know, I'm interested to see if a guy like Jordan Ingram gets a shot mm-hmm. um, just because you don't have Sean Shivers back there anymore. Yeah, running back, right. Right. Um, you know, which young wide receivers can kind of take a step forward. You see a Tavares Dawson get involved that. in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and and I think there's going to be some defensively. You're going to need um, guys like uh, guys that you've seen before, but you know Wesley Steiner, Cam Riley, you know Des Tisdall, those guys uh, back there. And then and then that secondary is going to look a whole lot different next year. So who's going to step up and kind of submit themselves and give people something to think about heading into spring ball? Um, so yeah, I, I, the skill position players are the ones that kind of make the most sense because you feel like Auburn's going to need some boost wherever they can. Right. Um, and I don't know how much they will play them, but uh, at least it sounds like guys are getting reps, and then I, I'll be interested to see what the lines look like. Do you think it crosses Brian Harson's mind at all for fan service purposes to play like D. Davis for a few snaps? He doesn't care about that, right? I it, it does not strike him. It does not strike me that that is his mo, right? Yeah, right. Um, he's going to do. I mean, now he's taking this game really seriously. He he, he needs and, to because six and seven would right. not be good. It would be it would be rough. And, and and when you talk about the momentum Auburn got at National Signing Day, right? And you talk about the moves that they're going to have to make over the next few months, and to keep people excited and keep people engaged, a win would go a long way here. A mm-hmm. win would go a long way here, and um, you know. Auburn fans might not be excited about this game for the most part. That's understandable. But I think the players and those involved in this game know what's at stake here. And even if it's just an exhibition, it could represent a lot. And they're going to put a lot into it. One of my uh, one of my buddies texted me. We were texting about the, the game. And he's like, you know, I just realized I've got to work Tuesday at 11. And it's like, 
Yeah, dude. Most people do. <laughs> like, that's... yeah, it is like it is like one of the weirdest time slots ever. I thought, I thought the five o'clock Wednesday before before Christmas was a weird basketball time slot, but yeah, Tuesday in the middle of the day, it's not Christmas, it's not New Year's, so you're kind of in this no man's land in the yeah. in the middle. Um, I hope the folks who can go for for Auburn that are in the Birmingham area can go and have a good time. But yeah, it, it is a weird time to play a football game. Right. I love the five o'clock Wednesday tip for basketball. Oh, it's, oh. there's no reason yeah. to start games all, uh, till six or eight. eight. Yeah. Give eight it to me is, at five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. I love uh, that. I was surprised that, you know, usually SEC network has six central, eight central. Is right. their back to back in basketball. For some reason yesterday it was five and seven. Um, so yeah, I definitely, definitely like did that. I had to do AP stuff on Wednesday night. So it like made my life a whole lot easier. I oh got, yeah. Like, longer deadline. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I got to come home, and, and and after I got done with AP stuff, I got to come home, record a podcast, then write. And so it was just it's a whole lot better. Eight o'clock games, you do that, and you're just like, I, it's. there have been a couple times this season where I've looked up, and it's like, man, it is 2.30 in the morning. I'm, sit, I'm still Gosh. sitting here working on stuff. That's brutal. That's brutal. But that's Justin Ferguson giving the people what he wants. Hey, uh, listen, business owners out there or high-income professionals – Please listen up. Have you ever considered that by funding a 401k or an IRA, you're potentially creating a massive tax burden on yourself when you retire? Contrary to what you're told by typical advisors and accountants, a 401k or an IRA does not save on taxes. It just postpones them. So uh, help your future self out when you go to retire. If you want to learn more about how to kind of use the tax code to your favor, reach out to Ethan Daw. He's the owner of Innovative Financial Solutions and has clients all throughout the country that have benefited from his approach to retirement. Contact Ethan at 251-243-6038 or email him, ethan at ethandaw.com. Ethan Daw, your alternative to traditional financial planning. Also, today's show brought to you by betonline.ag, the best place on the internet to place your sports wagers. And, you know, we talked about Auburn football being favored. That's a surprise. If it's a surprise for you, you could take Houston. If you're like, no, Auburn's going to blow out, you know, a group of five team. You know, put the money on the Tigers. Put the, uh, put some money where your mouth is. But, yeah, head over right now. Sign up. It's super easy. BetOnline.ag. When you make that first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on that deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Justin Ferguson joining us for a Ferg Friday. You mentioned uh, coming home and writing observations and, uh, and, and mm-hmm. a podcast. How can folks get all this content from you at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, auburnobserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. Gets you access to everything we've got going on. So football, men's basketball analysis. We've got observations, film rooms, mailbags, uh, you know, features throughout the week. Um, and we get it to you most every day at about 6 a.m. Central Time, and we do a couple podcasts as well during the week. And uh, if you're still looking for a gift for an Auburn fan, yes. gift subscriptions are like it takes 25 seconds uh, to to get a gift subscription and to give it to to a, a family member or a friend who loves Auburn. All you need is their email address, and you you can be on your way. Um, yeah, that's that's what we've got going. I'm going to take the next couple of days off for, for you. Christmas and the holidays, but. We'll be back hitting it hard early next week with 
Birmingham ball on Tuesday, basketball on Wednesday. It'll be it'll be a lot. It'll yeah. be a lot. We'll we'll get right back into it. Yeah, Tuesday's gonna be a busy day for you. Now I love the um I love the pun, the uh Murray Christmas. I I love that. The name I think that's the name of your most recent podcast. So Yeah, yeah. We, we we try we try. Painter's usually better at coming up with titles than I am, but sometimes I get to I get to and that uh, one was you throw, throw you mine in there. Yeah, that was that was me. That was you me this it. time. So Auburn took care of business against Murray State. I felt like this was going to be a game that maybe scared the Tigers a little bit. Yeah, but I mean they dominated from the get go. Yeah, I mean uh, Murray w- pulled out in front early, and then Auburn switched it up about midway, right after the under sixteen timeout, and then they were. The game didn't get within six past the twelve minute mark of the first half. Right, um, and this is a this is a Murray State team that is awesome. Uh, They're good. One of the highest scoring teams in the country, uh, averaging about eighty five points a game. Uh, really good efficient offense. Really good rebounding team. And Auburn took both of those things away, and that was huge because you're coming off of a St. Louis game where you did not do well for all forty minutes in both of those categories. Um, and they and they did against against uh, Murray State. It's a team with a very similar makeup. I think a better team than that St. Louis team they played. And at, at home, I mean, the walk on squad down the stretch and 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 you know it it made the game look a lot closer than it was. But I mean, Auburn was up by twenty one late in that game, um, and that is huge because that is a that is a game and that is a team where I mean that's a quad one win. Right. And to win a quad one game like this where it never even seemed close, considering other teams in the SEC and across college basketball having trouble with mid-majors yep. like this. And Auburn just went 11-1 and against the toughest full non-conference schedule they've had in at least 20 years. Now, last year, you had uh, Baylor and Gonzaga, but it was skewed a little bit because it was a smaller schedule. When you think of a full complement, like mm-hmm. Auburn has never played a, a, a group of teams as tough as this one, and they just went 11-1 and in that run. Yeah, and the one loss was double overtime. Yeah, so I mean, to a, to a, to, to the best team you played. Yep, to the best team you played. A UConn point. team. That's right. That's right. So, Alan Flanagan made his return. Jay Ferg, what were your thoughts on what you saw from him? What I think he played twelve minutes, if I recall correctly. Is that about what you expected? Yeah, that was about it. Um, I think there might have been a little bit more time, maybe down the stretch, to get him in the game. But you know, Auburn had it in control. Right. Um, interesting that he got into the game and like tried to shoot the ball a little bit uh, in the second half. Didn't hit it, but I mean, it's like one of five, plus, I think. Yeah, he was plus nine of in in twelve minutes. Um, I thought he played really well on defense. He rebounded well. He moved um, well laterally. That was kind of something I was looking at. You know, did, yeah. did he kind of keep no, he that looks, athleticism? He looks. He looks like the old old Allen, and I think yeah. now it's not necessarily like you know you're worried about that Achilles as much as where you just got to get him back in game shape again because he hadn't had to play you know a long stretch. But the other thing about that is is that he's coming into a perfect spot because this Auburn team like nobody's really playing 30 minutes a night sure. on this team at all. Like even Jabari and Walker and guys like that are playing lower minutes mm-hmm. because this team is so deep and they rotate so much. So. You know, we talk about what will it be like when he gets back to peak condition. It's like he might get there earlier than usual because he's not going to have to have the same workload he had. I mean, last year he was playing a ton of minutes pretty much every game because he had to. He had to. This year he's a. This year he is a an extra weapon to have, and a really good one at that, in a backcourt and in a in a team that is deep and is going to use that depth to to beat a lot of teams this season. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, so much about, like, injuries like that, coming back from ACLs and, you know, if you tore something with, like, like a like an Achilles in Allen's case, 
it's all mental. You know, yeah. you, you usually come back a little bit softer and you've got, like, okay, you know, I, I can trust this body part again. And he didn't look like that. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, that was to me, I was like, oh, okay, he's going to be fine. This is going to be good. Yeah. And it seems like Auburn handled his return very well. It seemed like they were very conservative yeah. with it because they didn't need yep. him. There's no reason to rush him back. It's a long season. Bruce Pearl's always been good about getting his teams to peak at the right time. And so I don't think he was in a hurry. And so. Yeah, props to this coaching staff and props to Alan Flanagan having patience because it seems like they handled his return very, very well. Absolutely. And and when you have a situation where Auburn is relying on Devin Cambridge, who's made a I mean, he's he's played really well for most of this season, has improved in a lot of areas. You Leor Berman has been a guy that you know can give you quality minutes at the three and now at the two. I mean, Auburn's wings backcourt, you know you put it all together. I mean, this is a group that can go two, three deep pretty much everywhere. Right. And for a while it was just the three guards and then what you could get out elsewhere. Like last night, Chris Moore doesn't play that much because it's, I mean, it's the same thing with stretch out and bullet. Like you're going to have a, a you're going to have a, a third man at either the wing or center. Who's not going to get it. And it's going to be matchup based. Right. Again, but it's, it's, it's a strength that this team has like Berman's been playing well and deserves a shot and Moore's, you know, had, got sick and he's still coming back from that. But they are they are playing the right kind of basketball at this time of year. And I think it's just the – I wrote about it on, on, on Thursday. I think the big word you can say about this crew in general is just it's a very unselfish basketball team that you have a number one overall pick potentially out there who's not necessarily hunting a ton of shots, um, that you have guys sharing the ball, that you have a point guard – who's played even better coming off the bench. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a really unselfish basketball team. And I think that's where it's going to make it really, really easy for a guy like Alan Flanagan to come right back in. Sure. No question about it. Justin Ferguson, our guest today, today's show brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever built bar. It's the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. Awesome ingredients, very low calories, very high in protein, very low in sugar. But, man, it, it packs a ton of flavor. All the bars covered 100% in chocolate, and you're like, how in the world could that be good for you? I don't know, but it just is. Built Bar is awesome. Be sure to check it out. A ton of different flavors and also a ton of different products at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's at Built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Final few minutes this week on this Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, our guest. Man, the 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 ticket pricing yeah. for Auburn LSU basketball, we're closing in on like what it would cost to go to an Iron Bowl for football. It's it's crazy. I was looking at a few this morning. Like the lowest was like three hundred twenty dollars. Uh, yeah, late last night on StubHub, you could get in for like standing room only for like one ninety, I think. What? And then now it's it's but just just a single ticket. Like if you're <laughs> trying to buy multiple together, you're gonna have a hard time. Um, it, I mean, it just goes to show just what Auburn has been able to build under Bruce Pearl, and this team has 
had a lot of hype coming into the season, and they've lived up to it and then some. I mean, like I said earlier, to go 11-1 and against that stretch was huge mm-hmm. for Auburn, and they're closing on being a top-10 team. The team you play Wednesday night against LSU is undefeated at this point and uh, has the best defense in college basketball. Like, that is going to be a capital W war next week. Is they're, uh, but this LSU team, they're not – are they they're not really battle tested yet though, right? They they have not played a crazy tough schedule. Now they've played some they've played some teams, it's kinda like how Auburn is, where it's kind of tricky, you yeah. know, a little bit where where they've played some teams that are in the uh you know top one hundred or so, uh, something like that. But yeah, they're twelve and oh and they've beaten Belmont and Penn State, Ohio, Georgia Tech, Louisiana Tech. Those are all top one hundred teams. Sure. But yeah, they've had some they've had some games where um they have <laughs> they've had some games where they've been able just to lean back and crush people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Auburn has really only had a couple of games where they've gotten to do that just because of the, the, the depth that they've had. But, and that, that, that LSU defense is, is nasty. Uh, number one in the country in efficiency. They force the top 10 in turnovers like Auburn and Auburn and Auburn's playing awesome defense as well right now. So like, this is, this could be a crazy matchup between two teams that are super, super talented on offense but they're running into buzzsaws on defense. Yeah. How do you think Auburn attacks LSU? Do you think they go with Kessler? Do you think they try to, you know, get something going from beyond the uh, beyond the arc? Uh, what do you think the initial approach will be from Bruce Pearl's team? Yeah, I, I think the I think what we saw last last night against um, Murray State was a really good example of how sure. you handle a team like this. Auburn looked really good at running patient offense. Because LSU forces turnovers and then scores quick. That's that's their identity. And while they are not a great shooting team this year, they want to get out in transition. That's the same thing with Murray. And so what Auburn did is they slowed this game down at home, worked the ball around, got the ball into Kessler, mm-hmm. but also get, drew up some shots for Jabari, extra pass, getting guys open. And it didn't always work, but it kept the possessions down. It kept the easy opportunities down for Murray. And when you do that and play your own defense with your own crowd behind you, you can you can do a lot with that. So as much as this game could look like a track meet on paper, I could see Auburn being like, you know what, we're gonna play this game at this pace. And they're more they're more accustomed to playing at that pace this year than they have been in years past. That's a really good sign. Their half court offense could still get better in terms of efficiency, but I thought against Murray State, they did a great job of showing hey, we're willing to be patient and work for good shots. And I think that's what you got to do against an LSU team that is going to want to make life difficult on you to force you into mistakes so they can get easy buckets on the other end. Right. Jay Ferg, what do you think the most popular Auburn Christmas present is going to be this year? You think people are going to put uh, like Birmingham tickets in uh, in your stocking? You think that's going to be the go-to? <laughs> It's like wow, thanks, <laughs> thanks so much. If you can, if you if you can land an Auburn basketball SEC home game ticket uh, for your friend or family member, I think you will end up being the most popular person. Yeah, that's probably going to be it. That and like home field shirts will probably be that and home it. field shirts. Anything that involves the recruiting finger from Harson, maybe I don't know if anybody's... that's a good one. Yeah, I know their shirts and stuff like that made for it. So. Yeah, auShirts.com yeah. has one. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I think that could be a popular yeah, popular pick. Mm-hmm, I get that. For sure. I get that. I get that. Or, of course, a subscription to the Auburn Observer. You could do that. You could do that. You know, $6 a month or $60 a year. And, yeah, keep in mind, there, there are some people, it was really cool, there are people 
last year who got guest subscriptions who re-upped for their friends or family members this year, which is which is pretty awesome. That means people were like, Oh yeah, I want this again. And it's like, well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. very kind. Yeah, that's that's, that's the best compliment you could give, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you have other people willing to pay for other people, that's that that's really nice. That is awesome, man. Justin, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate yes, it, man. Have a uh, very Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you soon. Y'all too. Thank you. That does it for today's Locked on Auburn. We'll be back on Monday to talk a little Birmingham Bowl. It's going to be wild right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.